0: Welcome to the Inspired Teacher's Guide podcast. We are Kim Wilkins and Laura Woldridge, just two teachers trying to podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Our goal is to help you by discussing a variety of topics that will help you as a whole in the same way we want to focus on the whole child. On this podcast, we will be talking in and outside the classroom.
1: Everybody. Today's structure of our podcast will flow something like this. We're going to touch on last week's episode. We'll discuss new content, and then we'll introduce a myth buster type of discussion. We'll be discussing that beloved exit ticket.
0: All right, Kim, let's think back to last week when we discussed structures and systems that we hope to implement to make this year so smooth. What were your um, top takeaways?
1: Well, there were lots. Um, <laughs> that I think the first one was that systems and structures are not like New Year's resolutions. Yeah. We're not putting on something on ourselves that we just can't maintain. Because you know what happens to those? Mine last... <laughs> a day. <laughs> There's no maintaining. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I feel bad about myself. So oh, what we want to do is put the thinking and planning into a system or a procedure or a routine or structure that we need in our everyday life to make um, our life run smoother and for us to be able to reach our go- growth goals. Yeah. Like
0: I think if we put the system in place, then we'll reach the goal. That's and right.
1: And so, just focusing on the goal.
0: Which I like to do.
1: It is. It is. And, and you know, I remember when I first started teaching. I taught with a teacher. Her name was Miss Markin. I hope she's listening. I remember Miss Markin. She's so wonderful. She started teaching when I was four months old. She was an amazing teacher, and she taught like forty-four years. I think it's a long time, but she was wonderful, and she taught taught me that procedures are the most important thing that you can have in your classroom. And those can change, but rules rules are not, I mean, obviously we want to have some guidelines for students, but the most important thing we can do as teachers is have very um, good routines and procedures.
0: And so I think we know, and I think probably most people agree with us about for students, but then we've got to take that same approach and do it for ourselves at and home. Different. And, you know, our teacher work. So
1: yeah,
0: I really think, you know, we talked a lot about that reflection and that refraction, you know, refractions, reflection plus action and making sure that we take time to do it. Yes. Um, like it, it's it's on the planner or it's on Siri. You know, it, it's set to to help me remember to do it because, I mean, by the end of my day, I'm in the zone and then I'm switching to soccer mom, you know, like, oh.
1: And I need yeah. a little reminder, maybe when I get in the car. Or, well, or if you remember this, but I remember when you did this, when we were driving a lot for work, you would often um, just make notes on your phone. You would just uh, record yeah. them. Remember, you would just record mm-hmm. voice recording of your notes and um, for the day and just kind of reflect that way. That was a good thing to do, Laura. Did you forget about that? I did forget about it. I thought that was really
0: smart. So maybe we could do a voice recording, and or if you Marco Polo with anybody. I mean, I have a lot of my friends were Marco Poloing. Kim and I are Marco Poloing, um, and we could we could almost reflect. You know, I could I could see us doing that at the end of a week, or you know, like on Wednesdays, just hopping on, and we're making sure that I'm processing about my my teacher
1: life. Right, I think so. I also think we talked about giving yourself grace. Mm-hmm. and be sure that you're talking to yourself like you would someone else. I remember, you know, I'm really hard on myself about everything yep. we are. That's us, Laura. And I remember I was really fussing about something that I did and just being real hard on myself. And our, our friend Stephanie said to me, don't talk about my friend Kim like that. And I do. I if, if, mm-hmm. if Yeah. If someone else talked about me like I talk mm-hmm. about myself, I would be heartbroken. So, yeah, we need to give ourselves grace.
0: I was in a Bible study I was doing. I think it was this summer it's it was telling you, I can't remember who it is, probably Jenny Allen or somebody um they were prompting you to think when you're talking bad to yourself, you're talking about God's creation. Oh, and I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> like I need to be nicer to God's creation." So I had never heard it put like that, but I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah. I haven't either. And we just don't need to do that negative self talk. We need mm-hmm. to we we need to think about our strengths and and I mean we can always grow, but we Absolutely. don't want to grow ourselves up. And, mm-hmm. and
0: dwell in it and then yeah, it be a disaster. Yeah.
1: So, so strength and oh, systems take a lot of time. Oh yeah, we I do need to remember that. that. Yeah. Patience. Patience. Grace. That's right. Uh, okay, so last
0: time on the podcast I said that Hey, guys, share your ideas for systems and structures on social media. But guess what? <laughs> if we only had the amount of bloopers that you could um, witness. But anyway, um, that is... That is not the way it works because we're trying to pre-record so we are we have a smoother school year. And so I'm sorry is what I have to say to you. But in, our, in my apology, uh, Kim and I are both going to give you two more systems or structures or procedures that we're going to put in place to help us reach our goal. So mine is, um, I, my college students make fun of me because my beloved water cup goes along with me everywhere I go. Um, but I, one thing I need to do is make sure that I have a refill option. So, um, you know, like I, I have the cup and just when the cup is sitting there in my classroom, I'm drinking more than if I didn't. And hydration has got to be a goal, you know, <laughs> trying to work on this skin and it just has to be, you know, for a healthy you, you've got to have hydration. So I've got to have the cup, but I drain stuff. And so I need to make that plan for refilling. And so I just need to, you know, I either need to map out the refill stations in my school and activate those, or, um, I need to be consistent on when I fill up the water cup, I need to fill up the water jug. That's my replacement. Oh yeah. That's a good plan. i help me meet my goal of being hydrated
1: yes it's so important um i add one liquid iv to one tumbler of water a day i love that stuff i will link it i love it and there's there's a a less
0: electrolytes right like
1: yes and there's a less expensive brand at aldi now i haven't been able to find it but i'll see if i can and we'll link that in the in the
0: and there's some brand on Amazon if you have a HSA card or an FSA card. With my husband's work, we have one. I don't know I what feel, that is. I feel like it's free money, but I know it's not. Um, it's like a health savings account, and we put money in there. So to yeah. pay our copays or whatever. That. Okay. For listeners, my friend Natalie told me about this last year. Like if you just type in HSA account, HSA approved items on Amazon. Like I've started buying sunscreen. Really? Like, yes. It's like now, not every sunscreen is FS HSA or FSA approved. But if you have an account like that, people, you need to check out Amazon uh, and and see what's available to you with that money. Well, so we there,
1: put that in the note, Laura.
0: Yeah, yeah. There is one brand of um, electrolytes because see, my problem is I drink, 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 and I'm still thirsty, and so I something's something's off. You're depleted. Um, yeah. And so there is one brand that I found that is HSA approved. Okay. So. We need to find out.
1: Yeah. Okay. What's your tip for? alarms? I get mm-hmm. to talking and lose the track of time. Are, your,
0: are you got, are you listeners shocked that we get to talking?
1: <laughs> and I would, yeah. So my new thing is to have all my alarms set for everything I need to do for the day. Okay, that's my that's my one uh, system that I want to put in place for this upcoming year. I think that will make a huge difference. It it would be huge for me. So, and
0: and, like with my closure, you know, I my students were my symbol, and you know, I I did it occasionally. I don't think I did it regularly about setting it because I shouldn't depend on my students to tell me to do closure.
1: (laughs) Well, yes, and also because I do different things. You know, part of my day is spent coaching teachers, and so. I have scheduled times to be with specific teachers Mm -hmm. to either model a lesson or help them teach a lesson or to watch them teach a lesson so that I can look at what the kids are doing and maybe check on a student. So I need to set those for sure. Right. Um when
0: I was in the classroom, the elementary classroom, you know, they would have to call down all the time and say, "Miss Wildridge, we need your attendance. <laughs> and, you know, you know, like having an alarm would have helped me to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and. I know a lot of teachers use it for when their kids are pulled out for OTPT or, you know, yeah. like the, the special ed room. And so, but we can think about, okay, what else probably deserves an alarm and, and right. or a timer or something like that. So, that's, that's okay. okay, well, I'm ready for um, a new school year. I will say that. And so today is really about preparing, um, preparing that classroom to be a great learning environment. So we want to turn those blank slates or turn those um, full slates into a great place for us and the students to be. Because, yeah. man, if I'm going to be in a, in a place for eight hours, I want it to be a nice place for me to be.
1: That's right. You're in there really more than eight hours. If we are like mm-hmm. most teachers, we get there early and we stay late and you spend all your time in this one room five days every week and sometimes on Saturday. Or <laughs> and- well, if
0: I... I'm there more in the weekdays than I am at home, awake, you know?
1: I know but, that I always like to have that done before I can think about what to teach. Oh, yeah. Oh. The class, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, thinking about the classroom, um, we want it to be set up just right. I mean, of course, we'll make changes. But we what we don't want is you know, some crazy arrangement or something, a rug that keeps on falling, you know, getting tripped up. We just want to make sure that your mental table slate is clean. And I think the classroom environment has a lot, a lot to do with that because Mm -hmm. the lighting may get on your nerves, the flow may get on your nerves, you know, or whatever the door that squeaks. Oh my gosh, do you remember at that district that we worked in, at the fire alarms, it's like the little ones, yeah, yes. battery would die all the time, and it was yes. like beep every two seconds. Yes. <laughs> the classroom environment plays a role in your mind, people. Yes.
1: So. And I, ADHD girl, here, <laughs> I, I get so easily distracted. <laughs> I that. Okay.
0: We also want to make sure when we're designing these learning environments that we are designing a place that promotes safety emotional, and physical, and mental safety, collaboration um, between the students, between us and the students. Uh, We, of course, want it to promote teaching and learning. So I I was thinking about this. You know, we know many of you are faced with opening the doors and you have a sterile, rectangle, institutional-looking box. Or um, maybe you are like me, that I walked into a room that was messy, no windows, it kind of felt dungeony, and maybe that it hadn't been opened since 1972. You know, like we know that you're all kind of at varying levels, maybe you're opening the same door that you've opened for 20 years, but we think that today's content can be beneficial to you. So, hopefully, if you're on the blank slate. Uh, page that you'll be able to develop a vision for your learning environment. And our veteran friends
1: may gather a few new ideas. That's right. Okay. You had a different experience. So you moved to a college setting. Yes. And so that was, talk about that. What was that like?
0: Okay. A college setting, my first year I was there, I would be in a different room every period, which was challenging for me. And I could not do much with the learning environment because the business professor came in and taught an period. you know, oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm still a public school, K through 12 girl. And so what I would do is try to make, I, I could not handle teaching in those rooms that were just rows of tables and all facing me and very boring like. So I did add anchor. I was really risky and added anchor charts to the walls. And every day, my students would help me. We would swoop those tables into into fours. So two tables to make a four. I just could not handle it. And so um, then I had the opportunity. Sweet Miss Sandy uh, volunteered for me to go into the art room and teach there. And the art room was that messy, dark room that really had some rough edges. I mean, I had an original chalkboard where I had to bring chalk. That's what we're talking about. Yes, ma'am. I don't know, but it it was it was not in a good situation. And so I just my chair was wonderful, and we just kind of in our um, educational organization, we kind of put our heads together to try to turn it into a learning environment, and so that room. I mean, it was a long process, uh, but it t- t- took a transformation. And I just can't tell you, it was amazing for those education students to watch, to sit in that room like it used to be oh, and then yeah. to watch it transform mm-hmm. because they got to see the power of a learning environment because it does matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, so, you almost need to replicate that year after year. Do it with them. I don't know. Well, We yeah. had a decorating committee. It was so fun. That is fun. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun too. <laughs> it's a real balancing act, I think, mm-hmm. to, to get up a classroom because you want it to be stimulating, but not overly not stimulating.
0: stimulating.
1: Yeah. You want it to be peaceful, but you don't want them to fall asleep. <laughs> you want it to be cozy, but, you know, they're they're not, yeah. not too much. So we have to establish a just, it's like um, Goldilocks. Goldilocks. It's just yeah. right. Yeah, that's and, right.
0: And I think that's where we need to be very open to making changes when school starts. Like, okay, we're, we're, we're giving this our best shot, but it may not be just right,
1: mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, see, there are things you need to ask yourselves about the class mm-hmm. when you're moving in. Like, what what do you notice about your space? No matter if you're teaching high school or elementary or college. right. So, what is your space like? What is the student space like? How do you want things arranged? So, I guess we can start with the teacher space.
0: Okay, let's do it. So, I, I think as I as I give examples, I may be in my third and fourth grade classroom, or I may be in my college classroom. I, I think, I, or I may be in somebody else's classroom uh, that I've worked with. So, because we've worked with a lot of teachers, especially a lot of new teachers, setting up their room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think what what we need to think about with our space is it needs to probably be pretty tight,
1: yes. Because
0: the, the you know most of the space needs to be occupied for the students. So um, what what I did when I was in my third grade classroom is I kind of, I, I actually took the desk out, and uh, just put in a small circle table. There was one in the. What you say? your teacher
1: desk, you took it out. That's
0: what I used. Yeah. I took my teacher desk out. There was a little circle table in the maintenance, you know, there's Mm -hmm. always something great in those closets. And uh, I moved that in and that, that became my desk. And all I did was I I had a shelf behind it and I put my drawers and, you know, Mm -hmm. my files on that shelf. I just had a caddy uh, similar to what I'll, I'll mention um, on our next episode with my pens and stuff, but then Kim, that was amazing because not only was it my space, but I could use it for a small group if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Or hey, I, I want you to go back there and you can sit at, at our little table and do your work. And and also it kept me accountable for not junking up a desk.
1: Yeah, I know. I did, I didn't in my classroom, elementary classroom, I did not have a desk either. I. I didn't need it. Um, It was in my way. It took up too much space. Yeah, because
0: most of the time they're really big.
1: They're really big. I actually turned my desk around and made it into a writing center for the kids. Yeah. they would feel so big and important. Oh, they were so big. And (laughs) this year, when I was at the high school, I did have a desk, but I, I was never at it. That was a huge room. But I had tables in there. And so I just used one of the tables I don't know. I just feel, I don't, I don't like the feel of sitting at a desk. Some people may and that's, that's okay it's yeah. just for me. And,
0: and if you need a desk, just be thinking about how can you make it the most purposeful placement? You know, you definitely want to think about where in the room should it go yes. um, because you don't want it like interrupting flow and things like that. So very strategic placement, thinking about where could my desk be? Where do I need to keep my things? So in my college classroom, I had so many things because I was teaching classroom management, social studies, reading, like I was teaching all these courses. And so I needed different materials all day Mm -hmm. long. And so I actually, I had shelves around my room and several of those shelves had my stuff on it, even though that wasn't in one place. Yes. So I just want you to think if you're trying to lighten the load of your teacher space, You know, maybe you could put a shelf somewhere in a different location in the classroom of
1: things that you're not going to use very often. Mm -hmm. So, Right. Or cabinet where you you may have a cabinet in your classroom where you can put those things that you may use second quarter or third quarter, but you don't need it right Right. now. Yeah. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. So I
0: think for for our space we just need to think about how can we make it pretty tight because all those 28 kids in my room need a bunch of space. Yeah. So I I need I need to maximize that and then how can we make our space very purposeful and and organized, which episode 3 is about organization, so maybe we can give you some tips on things that you can use at your desk or your space to help you keep organized.
1: Right. And you and to make it multi-purpose so um, that that
0: yeah. Yeah, which it. I know some of you are like, no way, we I can I cannot do that and that is okay. But I do want you to kind of peek your brain and think, Oh, how could I make that space multi multi use?
1: Some teachers let that be a reward. So if you're oh, a yeah. good behavior thing, mm-hmm. I've seen them yeah. um you, you get to sit at the teacher's desk today. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know I thought.
0: Just really, I, I think a lot of times when we go into these, uh, when we hear ideas, we need to think about. Okay, I'm hearing all this stuff. How could I make it matter for me and make it best for me? So, well, but yeah. you, I mean one one thing you've got to plan for is you've got to have a space somewhere in that classroom.
1: That's right. Now, okay. the most important people in that classroom are the. The
0: kids. Yeah, the kids. kids. Yeah. No matter how old they are, they're still the kids.
1: Yeah. I- and you know what? I learned that this year. It doesn't matter. And you probably did with college kids. I mean, juniors in high school, they like to use markers, too. And they have a good sticker. <laughs> I didn't know stickers had made such a comeback. But they, they- had my
0: own personal boys' Spider-Man stickers on and the kids' The kids, the twenty-one and up to forty-year-olds, because sometimes I had students my own age, uh, they were pretty happy when they got a sticker. <laughs>
1: yeah. So,
0: okay. I, let's think about student spaces. You want to do that yeah. now? Okay.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, it's different for kindergarten and twelfth grade or college. It's going to be a different arrangement, but there are some similarities. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's got to be organized. Yes. Their space has to be organized. And let's say that let's say a teacher has
0: a desk that have the little um, the little tray underneath it. You know, i I would just encourage you to turn those around where they're backwards, so they're not digging in their desk all the time. <laughs> you oh, know that that is a management issue, a- yeah. and especially if you change classes. You know, your class comes to my class, then I'm not worried about your students getting in my
1: students things too. Yeah, that is a problem when you have different, different classes. I liked what you had in your, when you taught third and fourth grade, you had those tubs and the kids would come in and as they changed, Mm -hmm. they got the things they needed and took them to the desk.
0: Yeah. And those were Dollar Tree tubs, um, just the magazine things. And so, you know, they brought that to their desk. They had a specific, or I, 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 got, I got tables. So between the table leg and your chair leg is where your bin went. Oh, so you had it that specific? Yes, ma'am. Because I can't mm-hmm. have those bins falling over all the time. No. <laughs> that messes up my flow. I so, know. you know, that, that was their space. Um, and, you know, my students had backpacks on hooks then. But the backpacks were a huge deal in college because in high school and junior high, you're changing classes all day long. Well, even in middle school, Lawson Mm -hmm. had nine periods. And so, you know, the teacher has to think about what am I gonna do with this backpack?
1: Right. Yes. And
0: you know, it it was a big thorn in my side because I would trip over the straps and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, even thinking about what you you say?
1: say. What did you end up doing with the college? I just,
0: I, you know, I was just like, keep it tight or put it under your chair. Yeah. Like your straps can't be out for me to fall over because I'm not looking down. I'm looking at my students as I'm teaching. You That's
1: know? Right. And you move around the classroom. So yeah. I, I can't say anything because even in my, when I had little kids, their little desks, I, um, they had to put certain things on the right side, oh, me too. on the left side. So like their notebooks, Their little composition books, all their books went on the left side and on the right side was a a tub of other materials. Yeah, I remember I went in, Miss Markin, again, I remember I just started and I went in her room and I said, your kids don't have papers coming out of their desk. And she (laughs) said, I don't allow it. And I said, well, tell me how to do that because I don't know how to make that happen. But anyway. See, it really has their space. We have to teach them how to organize it. Yeah, they
0: do not have that skill. That is, that is an executive functioning skill we're going to do an episode on. But that that is not fully developed till like 25, 26-ish. And so we have to help them learn how to structure and prompt their organization.
1: That's right. And they can't be what, we don't have time to waste for them to go looking for things. <laughs> they got to be able to get their hands on things yeah. Quickly, And we have to have a purpose for where we put everything we need that we'll be using throughout the day.
0: Right. I had bins at, in the middle of my tables that had supplies. Yes. So that, that was like their student space. It was my supplies provided, but they were there for them. Um, so really think about where where will your students be and how can you get that space? Very promoting. Teaching and learning.
1: That's right. Yeah, I borrowed your idea um, this year. And so when my kids came in, they would get all their materials and go straight to their seat. And it was at the back of the room. It was out of everybody's way. It was organized by a class period. And they could just get what they needed and go to their seat. And they knew exactly what to do. But all those student spaces have to be purposeful.
0: Exactly.
1: You've got to have a plan.
0: Let's talk about, since you mentioned it, um, I think when they enter the door, you need some kind of station. Yes. And like in that classroom environment, I could not control. A chair was my station. My chair holding the door open was my station.
1: <laughs> and they picked up the things I needed. <laughs> off the chair. things I
0: needed. Uh, you know, in my third grade classroom, I had a long shelf right when they walked in the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where they grabbed their bins. Uh, in my great classroom. At the college level, I had a table where I put some fake flowers and a cheap vase that I found, or not even cheap, it was a free vase from the art department. <laughs> and I would put the papers that they needed, you know, or my reading girls, they needed lots of things, you know, manipulatives. And so I just had some kind of station, uh, you know, where my third graders could move their clip from the blank side to brought lunch or eating lunch I, at the yeah uh, where they grabbed their bin, my college students, where they grabbed their supplies. Uh, you know, I have done it, uh, when I'm modeling kindergarten, I have a pocket chart where they walk in the door and they move their picture to answer a question of the day. Do you like pizza or not? Mm
1: -hmm. And that's
0: my attendance checker.
1: Yeah. That's the thing, Laura, if you do something like that, you don't have to waste 10 minutes taking roll. No, I'm not, I don't for that. no.
0: So just be thinking about, as they enter the door, how can you promote efficiency? And that is like junior high, high school, all these, where we're passing out some papers. Well, gosh, we do it in elementary too. Uh, You know, how can they enter the door and grab their things? So I I had a three-hour class one year. Like we met, the whole course was in one day a week. And so I would give them a break about halfway through and I would put out new materials for the second half. Okay. And so, you know, you can do that too. And then, you know, as, as I'm teaching at the college level on a Tuesday and Thursday, I taught four classes in a row. So as my eight o'clock was doing a little bit of work, I would place the papers that I needed for my 930 class on the table. So then when ready, Tom. yeah, they're leaving, then they're ready. Think about how you can make your entrance smooth, because we don't need them caught up. You know, can they can they walk in, gr- move their clip, move their grab their bin and put their backpack up, and that's all kind of like in one
1: full swoop. Right. So as you're thinking about arranging your classroom, your space, student space, and a and a, a space okay. as an entrance space for mm-hmm. they come in, how they pick up materials yeah. that they need for the day or put away materials you know if you have little kids they have, they have to empty their backpacks so that they have a homework a take-home folder yes. and a take-home folder if they had I don't know if people do lunch money anymore I don't know but most of the schools that I know of have grants so
0: what yeah. a blessing
1: yeah that is a great blessing or they just may have notes from home field so, trip money all that stuff just a place for people to drop off their stuff what a little basket and it said notes from home. And then they just put mm-hmm. it in there. If I yeah. uh, just, you know, you had to train them.
0: Yeah. And like my, my students, I would, I would change that X, the entrance to when they exited, if I needed them to drop off anything, they would drop it off on that table as they walked out. I, yeah. I always called it my collection basket.
1: <laughs> uh, that's right. i the plate. Um, so uh-huh. elementary teachers have very specific needs that maybe high school students don't have Mm -hmm. because at the beginning of the year they bring all those school supplies (laughs) and you have 40,000 boxes of crayons and tissues. Yeah I mean tissues yeah kleenexes and pencils and um, 28 times six glue sticks. I don't even want to do that arithmetic.
0: so what we want to think about is The materials that we do not need on a daily basis or even weekly basis, where can they store them? Because what child needs four boxes of pencils at their (laughs)
1: desk? They don't. Well, you know what's going to happen with those pencils. They (laughs) are going to become all manner of toy. Yes, they will. Kinds of toys.
0: So, you know, I think when you're setting up your classroom, guys, you are proactively planning to manage behavior. That is just a huge your environment plays a role in behavior.
1: You know, I had a drawer in my room. I, I think I learned this from Rena Jackson. Oh, it, it was the May drawer or maybe, maybe it was Vicki Cook. I don't know. It was the May drawer. And when they would just repeatedly bring a toy, it went in the May drawer. <laughs> and you may get it back and you may not. <laughs> in may. <laughs> no, you may get it back earlier. Yeah.
0: Uh, OK, so one tip I will share and I've seen and I'll share what I've seen in other people's rooms is what I did is I had a long, low shelf by um, I had a sink in my room in third grade. It was wonderful. Is and So wonderful. I had a long, low shelf kind of in front of that sink and then it backed up to a corner. And I had a chi- I mean, like a cheap metal old shelf that I found that wasn't very pretty but I tucked it behind that low shelf in the corner. Nobody's ever seeing it, you know, except um, the firemen who come and check to tell me that my, my stuff's they, too close to the shelf. Is in their
1: <laughs> sorry, firemen. I will, I will make note of
0: that. Um, sorry, Kyle, if you're listening to this. <laughs> One of my best friends is the fire chief. So Kristen, don't tell him. Uh, but anyway, so that's where I kept those boxes of Kleenexes. And and things like that. And another tip that I did is I bought, like they were on big sale, I bought a school box uh, for every kid. Mm -hmm. They never got to take it home. Like, even at the end of the year, I would just reuse them, wash it and use it. And that's where they kept their three extra boxes of crayons and their. Oh, so these
1: were stored away from their desk.
0: And so what, what I told them, because that's really hard for kids when you walk in and you're like, I'm going to take all this stuff from you. And they're like, my parents worked hard. They, you know, they mm-hmm. spent the money. And so what I say is your name is on the box, you know, your name is on the box or your name was actually on the sticker on the shelf. But and you, you can go get that anytime you need it that I'm not teaching or that we're not working. But that stuff is yours back there. It just has a special place because we don't need it today. That was really good. And that gave them some
1: ownership in that classroom too.
0: I I did not do that my first year. And I was, I could see the apprehension coming off them. Like you're putting all of my pencils with everybody else's
1: pencils. That's a real
0: deal, Laura. So anyway, that was, you know, I've seen it like teachers, they um, have a cabinet or they have a shelf with a curtain over it, you know, a cute little curtain. Yeah. They put all that extra stuff behind it. Right. Middle school and junior high, you know, you might get a ton of paper, and I there's always there's always been a place in my room that I had just enough room for a stack of paper, and I would stack forty stacks of notebook paper just right there.
1: Me too. I had a tray, a paper tray, this last year, and then they knew if they needed paper, they just there it was. I'm just not gonna fuss about paper and pencils. I
0: know, I, we have to. We do have to think about how can we get pencils not stolen because we could spend a fortune on them. Yes, extra. So thinking about, you know, do you have a? Do are your pencils different than everybody else's pencils? That's what I always think about. Like, yeah, you know. But if just thinking about how can you make that? Do you have a cup? Sharkman did not. You know, whatever. So, of because of course we're gonna. I'm not gonna pitch a fit over you not know, having a pencil. But we also need one, and I don't need to be spending $10 at Walmart every time <laughs> I'm
1: trying to no. I can't. no. So <laughs> you, you use it in my classroom, and mm-hmm. and I did have a few students this year who would say, do you mind if I take this pencil with me? And then it's like. And then I'm like. I, I appreciate you passing I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many pencils I've stolen right now. I don't do this now. But writing checks, you know, you use it. I didn't mean oh, to steal yeah. it you get it to write a check which nobody writes a check anymore and then I go off with their pencil and I feel terrible about it later but um, I always
0: say I unintentionally take your things and I unintentionally leave my things
1: (laughs) yes yeah yeah yeah, for for sure
0: okay let's talk about desk and tables Okay. Uh, You know, maybe you have desk or maybe you have tables. Everybody
1: seems to have really strong feelings about one or the other.
0: They do. And that's fine. But there are things like we're not going to give you a recommendation for anything. We're just going going to give you some things to consider. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Okay. So can everybody see the screen, the board, the book, whatever that you normally do? And so, my recommendation is to sit in every seat and see how you feel. Like, are you having to do a back bend to see the board? Are yes. you, you know, or can you even see it? So, um, I, I, I just think that's powerful.
1: I think so too. Um, I go into a lot of classrooms to do observations, like I said earlier, and or just to, you know, just to work with kids, and I, I may be waiting. To do for my turn. And so um, when I walk in and I sit down sometimes at the back of the room, that's very often what I do. I don't want to disturb them. I just go sit down at the back. And I'm often very shocked that I can't see the board. And it's not because I don't have my glasses on. I literally cannot see it. So I know most children can't either. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. A big thing for me is, and I think. We really need to. It's just a brain-based friendly concept, like a brain-friendly concept. Is kids need to be
1: talking? They do.
0: And so, if we know that, if we know how much better, I mean, how much stronger am I from talking to you? So much stronger. Yes, that's how it
1: turns.
0: That's how. So, if we know that, then we need to. As we're designing our students' seating arrangements, can they get into pairs, and then turn that pair into a square? So, from can they talk to two people, or can they talk to one person? Then, can those two people talk to four people very quickly?
1: Yes, and you can do that in rows.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you just need it's to just, you you'll have to you'll have to make sure that that is easy and that your students know that's a procedure you teach that first week of school how we however we're sitting, rock and roll with groups.
1: That's right. And can kids get in and out of the classroom without any trouble? Mm.
0: Can they get out of their desk? Can they I their desk? watched that in my college room. I had two tables that would, that would like, I, I mean, I don't know who's moving the tables on me, but they <laughs> would move closer and close together. And yeah, I too. would know that they would be, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't both scoot their chair out at the same time.
1: Mm.
0: And so that's something you've got to pay attention to that. I, I need to be paying attention to when I,
1: everybody, when I say you, it's me too. So, right. Right. Um, can you get to everyone in your classroom easily? Mm-hmm. Are you going to trip on something to get to them? And can you get to them if they need help? Because right. we need to be moving around that kids need to be up and moving. They don't need to be sitting at a desk all day long and not moving, but we have to get to them. And so is mm-hmm. your classroom arrangement? such that you can get to the students easily. Right.
0: Everybody.
1: um, That that is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's talk about walls. Oh, me. Yeah. Walls.
0: Even in high school and college, guys, you know, the walls can be very purposeful.
1: Yes. They, They even can be cute. They can be cute. (laughs) I like cute.
0: Yeah. So I know it always hurt my soul on the first, when I was teaching third grade, that my room didn't have much on the walls when it started.
1: And... No, Laura, let it go. Because that's okay. Because you're making room for what's coming. There's going to be a lot of learning. I remember one day, a little girl, I was teaching second grade, and a little girl walked in my room. It was toward the end of the year. And she looked around and she said, Oh my goodness, look at everything we've learned this year. (laughs) We saw these anchor charts and just different things on the Mm -hmm. wall. But you have to be careful. And I have to, this is, I say you, me, it's me, that I don't get too much on there. Right. Right. I have seen some teachers prepare the walls at the beginning of the year with um, like bulletin board border around in different spaces. And so they had. Things labeled like reading, okay, and English, and um, I don't know, math or history or whatever those sections were mm-hmm. or periods for them to yeah. study. They had it already labeled as a place to um, add the anchor okay. work as that came.
0: I think you could do that. Like, I'm just picturing me as a high school history teacher, you know, vocabulary. Uh, um, important people because they'd be studying different people you know and yeah uh, we could replicate the stuff you should know in history stuff you should have learned in history class you know like a wall like that where we yeah. put our anchor charts up or whatever that's right um, uh, focus walls
1: yeah Tell me,
0: okay tell everybody about focus walls so
1: focus walls are a wall specific to what you're learning we have focus walls in my school's uh, in every classroom it's it's kind of a requirement. So on the focus wall you have um, their I can statement. we have the um, the essential question, the vocabulary, everything's there and then that changes as the module changes. Okay. but the, I, I like the
0: um, predictability of that because students can always know
1: what what we're learning is on that wall. That's right. And they read their focus question together and they uh-huh. read their essential question. So those mm-hmm. those are just put on there with sentence strips and that changes out over time. I think that, that has been a big aha for me in the I, last couple of years. I like that. Yeah, I do too.
0: I had a um, book recommendation or um, we did book bingo in my literature class. And so students would submit different maybe an art piece or a storyboard or a poem or whatever. And so I had a little wall to where their work went up. Uh I think it's, I think it's important that we display student work no matter how old they are. Oh, I do too. And it does not have to be the same piece. Like, what do you you mean? Okay. Let's say that I'm putting up, um, well, I'll just use my literature class. As an example, you know, week one's assignment, I might choose yours, Seabree's, and Stephanie's. Okay. Week two, I'll put up Zanya's, and then I'll put up Cora's, and I'll put up Donna's. Oh, like, okay. week three, but Still week one's is up there. And I just make like a collection, and then everybody's work is up there, but it's not the same thing.
1: Yeah, because we all have different things that we're really good at.
0: And that's what we want up on the wall. Great work. Right. So, you know, just as, as you collect work, like, you know, find some sellers and put it up there. And then, you know, you've got your, I, I, that really worked well for me. And um, it, it made our room like, look like we were a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a community. It really is. Yeah. And in our, in our walls show community.
1: Uh huh. Um, so student work, an agenda wall, you had an agenda wall.
0: Okay. I did have an agenda wall and it was actually on my board, but I used just cute colorful tape to make a grid on my wall. Uh So like, like for high school, it would be period one, first period, second period, third period, fourth period. And that's where I just always put, um, what, what, what assignments were coming up. Okay. Okay. And then right beside it, there was a wall. There there was a a, another tape strip where it had our topic of the week. Okay. Actually, it was topic of the day because sometimes in college it would change throughout the week, and so they had one spot in the room to look where they could see what we're learning about, and then keep their eyes on the deadlines that were coming up.
1: Oh, that's helpful.
0: And like I would tell my students. All right, guys. If you need to come take a picture of this at the end of the day so you remember your homework, come do it, you know. And Kim, I'm not telling, I'm not kidding you. So many kids would do it. That's
1: wonderful. That'd be great for high school. It would be great for high school. We've got a text test next Thursday. (laughs) You've got a paper due a week from Friday. Yeah, Uh, and so and I would just update it. Oh, you know, reading chapter two or reading
0: chapter four or whatever. So and then after I did that, then I would walk over right beside it or right to my corner. Um, I had a cute little bulletin board that we covered with fabric. And so it stayed looking good all year. Mm-hmm. I had a border and we had a calendar on there. So my student Lucy, she would write the month up at the top and do a little, you know, decorative thing. Mm-hmm. But then we would write birthdays and we would write deadlines. So I was also modeling, not just to make a list, but to put it to the calendar. Oh, that's good. And then we would go over and say, okay, when do we need to work on it? So if chapter three is due and your um, reflection is due on the 27th, when, what day should you be working on it by?
1: Well, that's a good life skill.
0: That was a good executive skill to build. Um yeah. And so but the, cal- the calendar board was a big deal for me. I mean, the calendar is a big deal in kindergarten. They've got their calendar up, you know. Yes, Yeah. And, and it teaches
1: them how to pace themselves. Mm-hmm. Pacing is important. Pacing is important. And, and it's not always intrinsic. We have oh, to teach that. No.
0: Okay. Let's talk about anchor charts really quick because that's, you know, in, in my mind, if, if I was talking to a teacher, I would say this is what your room should be mostly made up of.
1: Oh, 100%. You know, it. I've never been into the pre-made stuff. I like to do my own thing. And and some people are, mm-hmm. but you just need to be very selective about that. I personally think you should save your money and buy chart paper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Save your school money and buy the chart paper because mm-hmm. those are things you can do. Um, with the students. And those, whatever goes up, let's say you do buy something pre-made, don't put it up until you teach it. Absolutely. It need to be up there. So if you're doing something, if you're a, a mid-level English teacher and you're doing something specific with grammar, then that needs to go up when you teach it. It doesn't need to be up there all year. Otherwise, it becomes clutter and either I'm too focused on it or more likely I'm not focused on it at all. Yeah. I'm just going to drop it. So
0: um, anchor charts, you know, I mean, I I just think we're trying to create a learning environment. We're trying to make that the focus and anchor charts are a wonderful place for that because that's what we're learning about.
1: So, and when we're done and we're not using it, that comes down. Yeah. You had a really good idea about, before you make the actual anchor chart. So if you're teaching multiple periods.
0: Okay, so let's say that I'm high school English and I have seven periods of English 11. Oh, bless your soul for one thing for all the grading. But anyway, (laughs) if I need an anchor chart about commas, you know, or how how to use a semicolon, then I will just make it on the board. So I'll draw a big box and I'll make that anchor chart on the board first through sixth period seventh period I will put the the chart paper right where I made my one on the board and I'll make the same anchor chart that I made with first through sixth period or somewhat you know because my kids are getting input and then I make that on the piece of paper then that's what goes up and I'm not using seven pieces of
1: chart paper yeah because that gets expensive that gets very expensive. I had a really neat board this year it's it was um it was kind of on an easel but it was attached it wasn't it wasn't just on an easel so that you know you can move that around to your small groups and that would have been great to do something like that because it's about the size of a piece of chart paper okay so practice on there and then you can slap that chart paper up there and do it the last period of the day the only thing we have to remember is to remember to erase the board before second period comes in <laughs> oops <laughs> no your you didn't see that. Didn't see that.
0: Yeah. Oh man,
1: so and,
0: and even like let's say that sixth period had a pep rally and they didn't get to participate in that, then sixth period will tomorrow will be the day that I put it on a chart paper.
1: Okay, yeah, that's right. I hope when that happens,
0: oh, I know. I'm like, come on, put- people.
1: I know. So when do we need to change out what's on our walls? I, they, think,
0: I I just think well, sometimes it's when you need space, but, uh, you know, when you're, when, when it's you need, no longer relevant That's or, right. or when they own it, when my kids know how to use commas, then I'm taking that anchor chart down.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's true because they don't need it anymore. It's, it's, no. yeah, I, I don't mean, don't I'm
0: not going to use crutches when I'm, when my ankle's healed and I can walk. That's right. Exactly. Good analogy. I probably got it from you. All right. So let's talk about, I think one, another area in your classroom needs to be an office space for all my office space lovers, maybe watchers. We need uh, some type of community material access, and that may just be in kindergarten, sharpened pencil, and, you know, unsharpened. Right. Uh, and, and that can change as kids get older. So, my students had access to a hole puncher, a stapler. Um, what else was in the middle over there? I had a cup of pins. You know that they could just grab a writing utensil.
1: Howlers.
0: Um, yeah, you know tape or what, whatever I mean, that they can handle and that you've taught.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But yeah. I do. You know that will save you from. Miss Kim, I need, you know, or, I you know, it's like they know that 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 space over there is where they can purposefully grab stuff. They're right. not grabbing a wad of notebook paper. They're grabbing one sheet or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So that's a good space
0: to have. Yeah. And that can be very small. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, For those people who will have a carpet in their room, which I really recommend everybody because it just cozies it up. It's not like you have to have your students sit on it. But uh, those people who will have students sitting on a carpet, either for circle time or read aloud or whatever, um, I, I just want you to know one thing. Is your chair either move it each day from where it looks so cute or place it in the smallest what's my math word where you can reach the kids like like okay let's picture an 8 8 by 12 rug i'm not going to sit at the end of the short side and yeah. have six rows of kids going down there i'm going to place myself on the short side of the rug so only i'm four rows deep
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you can, they can see you Mm -hmm. and you can see them. Yes. That is huge. When you're not paying attention because sometimes children don't pay attention, Laura. (laughs) Me either. I'm 42. Um, But I think that that's a big
0: deal with the carpet and, you know, wanting to make sure that it stays down because that was a battle I fought this year and it drove me crazy. Um I mean, it's a, it becomes a trip
1: hazard.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, is it thick enough where their booties aren't hurting so bad? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, in the third grade room, we used the carpet a bunch. You mm-hmm. know, we did our, our whole group spelling there, and then we got up and went to our seats. We went back, you know, for, we went back and forth all day long. Yeah. So the carpet needs to be accessible. You know, really, if at all possible, it doesn't need to be in, like, the traffic flow, because, you know, it gets so gross. So.
1: Ashley Ezell's, I don't know if she still does her classroom. Oh, like I have a picture of it. have a picture so of it! Good because it's in the middle, and her desks go in a U shape around it. And in front of the desks are bookcases for her library. They're her milk crates stacked up onto each other. Yes, yes we she and I, we did that. I guess when you and I were working at that school, I don't remember. I, don't know, I think it was done okay,
0: before. Okay, I'm making a note so we can uh, put a picture of Ashley's room because that is. Very good. I think that's my favorite one. It feels yep. so open. It does feel open and it's not in the traffic
1: flow. So That's right. So multi used for whole groups, she can move her kids there, read a story or whatever mm-hmm. they're doing. Or if she's working with a small group, they can go sit on the carpet and read a book. And right. Get out of the chair a little bit.
0: Oh, I love for rooms to be have multi, you know, use stuff. So Okay, um, let's see. What else do every classroom needs some books, even math classrooms, because they're going to be reading math problems and we need to really promote literacy skills. So whether you have a classroom library or whether you have a shelf, we've got to think about how to store books, which is a whole episode. So we're not going to talk about that. But, you know, think about really purposeful. Where is a great place where you can put your books where kids cannot hide from your vision while you are doing small groups.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're they'll
0: over there and do all kinds of crazy stuff over there while you're doing your small groups. All right. so thinking about, you know, line of vision from where you are to the library at all times. And um, what, else, what else do we need to think about for that
1: classroom library? Well, how is it going to be organized? Are you organized by genre author? How's it going to be organized? So I think that's important. Mm -hmm.
0: Dollar tree bins are your best friend for that. You know, I just don't know that, that, that's a whole thing to work on, but I just want you to know there needs to be some kind of space to promote reading. So, -hmm. you know, like in a history classroom, uh, you know, the I Survived books, like get that historical fiction going on in your classroom and, you know, a math classroom. We can still be doing, well, I mean, not many people write books about math, but mm-hmm. if, if any amount of their reading is going to help, help. That's
1: why you have something for fast finishers too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's not a device. I'm t- I mean, I just think they're on devices so much. Put a book in their hands. Absolutely. They're on a device at school, then they go home and they're
0: on it and... Mm-hmm. We've like got to promote some social and other skills going on. So,
1: That's right.
0: okay. Um, one thing that is major to think about when you're setting up your room is your flow, the flow for you and the flow for them. So we mentioned earlier, is it easy to change? You know, like I would do stand up, hand up, pair up with my students all the time. Uh, you know, uh, I need all my April through uh, June babies over here. I need my December through November or October babies over here, you know, like, if I'm going to be doing that much movement, then I have to think about movement has to be easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So thinking about that. Um, Emma Weeks, oh, I taught her. She was so great. She was in Chris, uh, Kirsten's room for her internship, but she loved a one way street and she implemented it. So, like, between the coat hooks and a shelf, that was a one way street. Oh, okay. So, what was happening? in that room is the kids would walk into the room. They would go hang up their backpack. And then I had just hung up my backpack and I was walking your way mm-hmm. and we had issues going on. And so Kirsten and Emma implemented that one way street. And then you could only go this way.
1: That's a great plan.
0: That was a class. That was behavior modification. I mean, management right there. Yes,
1: it is because then that just eliminates a whole mm-hmm. group of problems that you just yeah. don't have to deal with. That's right and and now that i've finished
0: teaching at the college level i realize i should have had a one way street <laughs> in my classroom uh you know it, it it just think about clogs that happen in a room man when you're changing classes guys and doing all that stuff where are they coming in and how are they moving out and mm-hmm. maybe maybe you need a roundabout or <laughs> i don't know what you need to do but traffic flow is big
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when they, I had a, I had procedures for how my kids got up to line up. You know, when you get up, how do you stand, push your chair in? And then they walked, a lot of times my class was in a U2. Okay. Not as good as Ashley's, but they had to walk a certain direction around the room to get in line. Mm. That way they weren't all just rushing to the line. But They right. up, pushed their chair in and walked a certain way to get out of the classroom. How do you want them to exit? Um,
0: okay. Let's talk, like briefly talk about technology because we just need a place to plug in stuff. You know, many wow. of you have those large carts in your room and I'm sorry.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs>
0: because they're not pretty. So You're maybe okay. how can we make it cuter? Mm-hmm. And, um, and is it close to a plug? Is it out of the way? You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is it easy to access? You know, can, can your kids take that off your plate and, and grab their iPad? You know, I don't know. That's, that's
1: something that, I oh, know I don't I don't like those either. But everybody, a lot of people have them. Yeah, I, have, I guess that could be your drop-off station too, on top of it.
0: Oh yes! So as you leave, you plug up your thing and drop off your paper or whatever.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good idea, Kim. Might be worth every now and then. I'll have a good one. <laughs> <Of course.
0: laughs> um, you talk to yourself like you're supposed to. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Um, we, we're almost finished with our list. Sorry, we're going long, but golly, setting up the classroom. I mean, we could talk about it for years. So, um, you know, it, is there a space, is there a table where you can pull a student or a group of students over to the side?
1: Essential.
0: Essential. Essential. Because there's always going to, need to be a need for remediation or to chill a kid out you know, to help them regulate themselves emotionally. Yeah. like there, There's got to be a space for you to be able to pull up a chair
1: and help in some way. You've got to do tier two interventions and tier three interventions. And where is that going to happen in your classroom? Yeah. i really makes- be
0: thinking about that. And even if maybe you're not required to do interventions, but I, I can guarantee you I'll go to the lottery on, or I'll go to the casino on this, that there are kids who need your help every day that are are not meeting the standard. And so is there a space that you can pull them back to?
1: No matter what you're teaching, somebody's going to need a little extra help. Yeah. Where where will that happen? Mm -hmm. Okay. My daughter-in-law is amazing. Can I just say that?
0: I just want to put my babies in their classes.
1: I know. She's wonderful. She teaches kindergarten. She's taught second grade. Her name is Lexi Mitchell and she is precious and wonderful and she has a calming corner in her in her classroom, and it requires teaching and procedures, and she does that. So in there, she has visual prompts with pictures or words. It's a safe place for kids to go um, when their emotions are running high and they're feeling a little out of control, mm-hmm. um, and and they may be having a, an outburst. So in hers, she has some required. Uh, posters from a curriculum that they use in their district and they're like calming posters. And she's got a comfy rug with a rocking chair, the kinds of rock, you know, those little rocking chairs that don't have legs that kind of sit yeah. on mm-hmm. that kind. Um, she's got a, a sand timer, stress ball, some books about emotions, um, That were about warm, cozy topics. She also, this is how precious she is. She's so thoughtful. She asked each family member to send a picture of their family so she can put it up in the calming corner for kids to see when they feel sad. Is that that very precious? Now this year she's gonna she said she's gonna put a mirror. She didn't have that last year, but she's gonna have a mirror. And she has a weighted blanket for those who have approval to use it. So she gets approval beforehand. Okay. a weighted blanket over there. So yeah, she's got a place for kids to go when they. What a safe space. It really is. It really is. I really think,
0: you know, it's called calming corner. I mean, it doesn't have to be in a corner, but I think that really is, makes it safe being in a corner. It does.
1: And it, it kind of breaks, it takes them away from the action. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Gosh, we've got to have Chelsea Henson.
0: Um, she's a kindergarten center at Johnsboro, like SEL Queen. Um, I'll try to get a picture of her calming corner. But, you know, we just she just makes it work in her room. Her room is small, uh-huh. um, you know, a curtain, uh, you know, um, just just making it work. And it's just that's what we that's what we're going to have. We're going to have to do. But a calming corner is just fantastic. Uh, just one note on a calming corner is it can't just be a space where they go. We have to be able to prompt regulation. So emotional regulation. So, you know, I've taught a lesson on some strategies and I've added, you know, I've taught many lessons actually. And so when I teach a new strategy to regulate myself, then I'm going to go in my calming corner and I'm going to draw a picture of what I taught. So do is you know there a- are
1: videos for that on Class Dojo? That no. are No. Like- yeah they're really good okay on you know um when I'm feeling sad, when I'm feeling anxious mm. just yeah tips I'll in the link let's put that in the show notes okay. for that I will try to make a note of that so wh- what I just want
0: you to know is that it can't just be a quiet space. We have it has to prompt regulation. So whether that's um you know with words of reminders of what they can do to help calm themselves or help themselves feel better or pictures. So I think that we need we need it needs to be able to be teaching without us in there. So okay, if you don't have windows, if you're a fellow friend who does not have windows, oh I feel you, and um, we we have to bring our own light. <laughs> so. It, literally, we uh, painted a sun in our room. Our our theme was below. Oh, light. that's just, yeah, oh, so cute. But you know, what can you do? You can use color. You can use fabrics. You know, and, and just to wear that—that that goes off your mind that you don't have windows. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would get a little uh, anxious about not having some when I thought about it too much, and so. Is there um, just a door? Yeah, just a door. Oh, that's yeah, that terrible. Hard. It was sad. So, uh, you know, just think about what you can do to bring some. You know, I had some little fake plants. Just that's a good
1: idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, we have got to wrap up. My goodness. We've got to minimize clutter. Mm -hmm. We are stuff people, teachers. You know, you are. I am too. We don't want to get rid of our stuff because someday we might need that stuff, and we don't want to get rid of it and it's very hard to come by wow. but you've got to minimize clutter we don't have mm-hmm. room for everything we've ever used in the past right it so. needs to be like our closets if we haven't worn it and whatever we need to do a little editing <laughs> we'll to edit. uh,
0: so really guys the main points I and mean, we've covered a bunch and i know that i mean you've got a small room but there does need to be quite a bit involved in it But really think about what do your students need? What do you need? Think both ways. And, and, you know, everything has to be intentional and purposeful.
1: It does. I think one of the best things you said today, and you made me think about this, was sit in the desks. Mm -hmm. Go sit in your students' desk and see what they see and really reflect on. That concept of creating this learning environment. Take a picture. We did this one time, Laura. Remember? Mm-hmm. Take a picture from the classroom door, like you're a parent coming to pick up their child. What do they see when they look in there? Yeah. Is that a place you want to go? hmm
0: Is that a is that a place that looks like it's made for me? You know, mm-hmm. do I is there space for me in there, etc.?
1: So Yeah. Okay. So Our new thing is my new thing So I read a book uh, several years ago called Love Does by Bob Goff. If you haven't read anything by Bob Goff, read it. He's wonderful. Bob Goff, if you're listening, (laughs) I want to be your best friend. (laughs) He is such a nice man and amazing. But you have to read his book. He's written several, but you've got to read Love Does. That's the first one I read. Um, But he does this thing at the beginning of each chapter, I used to think, but now I know. So, Laura, I used to think that an exit ticket was very, very critical part of my teaching. Talk to Mm -hmm. me about that.
0: Well, I'm going to challenge you, Kim Wilkins. Okay. Okay. So, I love an exit ticket, friends, and I think it's a great formative assessment strategy. However. I cannot leave the school building and think my kids have got
1: it. No, because it happens. Well, so
0: if you study the work of David Sousa, which I want to do a whole episode on the information processing model, um, my college people, your pink sheet, it is. They t- he he informs us that. Information is stored into our long-term memory only when we sleep. So information encodes in the brain while we sleep. So Kim, if you're teaching those comma rules to me today, and on my exit slip, I do amazing, you have got to check me tomorrow, and even better yet, maybe the next day, to Mm -hmm. see if I got it. That's right. I know that many of... um, many. Like textbooks and stuff, they have the curriculum, like they end their lesson with the exit ticket. And I really think, I mean, I'm not, I, this is just what I feel. If, if that were me, I would, I would be assessing my students as I walked around as they were doing independent work and I would save that exit ticket for the entrance ticket tomorrow.
1: That's right. But if you study, um, I don't know how to say it. Evan Eben, Evan Howe's forgetting curve. I'll put a link for that in the in the show notes. I note. want to see it. Oh, it's so good. And so really what we need to do is review that in 24 hours, in 48 hours, just a real quick and they, they tell you like a, a real quick little quiz. So that might need to be your bell ringer the mm. next day. Yeah. And maybe two days after that, do it again because what you're doing is you're interrupting forgetting. We want to interrupt forgetting.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Well, uh, I, I didn't come up with it, but well, it is
0: good. <laughs> whoever it is, that's a good one. I, I just tell my students if you trust your exit ticket, you have a false illusion of understanding.
1: Mm-hmm. So no, you shouldn't do it. It gets you yeah. a picture of what they what they yeah. got. I mean, yeah, you're getting a, you're getting a glimpse of, do
0: they, is it on their short term memory?
1: And some kids it's not. Yeah. Some of your kids are going to leave there and that they can't get it on the exit Mm -hmm. ticket. So guess what? They're surely not going to get it tomorrow anymore.
0: But uh, like um, a curriculum that I'm thinking of, you know, I, I can get the gist of if they're getting it short term as they're working on their problems, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. as they're writing their sentences with commas. Mm-hmm. And then I can just say that little exit ticket to really make sure that they knew it, that they know yeah. it. Yeah. But oh, just
1: to, on, people, huh? I'm sorry.
0: Something to chew on.
1: Something to chew on. Okay. We better wrap this thing up. Okay.
0: All right, guys. So please share your ideas and tips about setting up the classroom on social media. We want you. The post about the episode. We want you to go down below and give your best tips. We have lots of followers and we're so thankful. And imagine if each one of you posted a tip, man, how helpful that would be.
1: I just got chill bumps on how many followers we are. Oh,
0: thank you. People. And that reminds me, please make sure you are a follower. So just because you like a post does not mean you're a follower. And we, we want to build this community to be so collaborative and so helpful. So please make sure you're a follower on Facebook and the podcast, the app that you're listening to the podcast
1: and And what Instagram
0: and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Make sure that you're clicking that podcast because then you won't miss a post and you won't miss a podcast.
1: That's right. So what's coming up next, Laura?
0: Oh, organization! Welcome, our Ellie. Yeah, and so we're going to have a guest about talk about organization, and Kim, the guest, and I are each going to share our top five our favorite organization tools. So it should be
1: fun. Yeah. Don't forget to share this podcast with other people because you we do. want to include everybody, and we um we want to inspire. inspire. Yeah, we do inspire and encourage.
0: All right, friends, we hope that today has helped you in some way. Our goal is to help at least one teacher help one student one day, one time. Have a rockin' week. That's right. Bye-bye. Bye.